Pickaxe. Oh, what's the best game where you get to eat pie? Oh, what's the best game where you play a dead guy? Hey. You'll find out in DG247's podcast. Looks boring. What are you that, on about? It all looks of their games, they look boring. It doesn't look boring. It looks like it you're an assassin on the Isle of Man. But it doesn't have the kind of... Wow. The steampunk quail-based economy is incredible. Yeah, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> VG247's Best Games Ever podcast is ostensibly a show about figuring out what the best game in a weirdly specific category is, but it's actually just about petty arguments. You should listen to it. It's good. Is that it? That's the whole promo? Uh, yeah, I was just doing And it. that's supposed to make people subscribe, is it? Yes. Okay, good luck with that. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to TTRPGs, what's stopping you from getting together for a game? Are you a forever DM looking to try out one of your thousands of characters but never have a party? Maybe you're new to D&D and aren't quite sure where to start or even how to begin learning all of the rules. Or maybe you're like literally everyone and come face to face with the real BBEG. Scheduling issues. Startplaying.games takes care of all of that for you. Yes, even the scheduling! We all just want to play some D&D together, and Startplaying.Games has countless GMs and games waiting for you to fill seats for their games. New to D&D and looking to learn the game alongside your friends? Have an experienced and beginner-friendly DM guide you through a dungeon, teaching you and your party everything you need to know about the game along the way. Experienced player looking to fill your off week because SOMEONE had to go on vacation? Hop into a one-shot with other like-minded adventurers. Looking to try out something other than D&D? Startplaying.games covers all sorts of different systems. All for as little as $5 per game. $5 for a night of fun? Why would you even CONSIDER going bowling, slipping on those horrid, uncomfortable, used smelly shoes, sipping on stale beer and getting food poisoning from rancid bowling alley food, all while dropping $40 on a night out, when you can just start playing games for a fraction of the price, and might I add, have a lot more fun. You might even find us on there running games for you all in our free time. So what are you waiting for? Click our referral link in the show notes to get $10 off your first game. Start playing .games. Hello everyone and welcome to Fables of Fendrea Arcanum. My name is Jose Polino, or at DM Jose P on TikTok and other socials, and I will be your director for today. I am joined by my lovely crew of mischievous adventurers that are <laughs> starting to do some really fun stuff. And uh, let me go ahead and introduce the, the entire cast and crew, starting with Ryan. Hi, Ryan McManus. I will be playing Rowan Fairisle, Half-Light of Salune, seeking to bring a sense of calm and comfort to those lost in the dark. Find me on my personals at Rye.McManus or run in the cast party socials at cast party D&D. Awesome. Andy. 
Hello, beautiful nerds! My name is Andy, and I will be playing Five, one of the seven Sojourner commissioned for exploration by The Forged. And you can find me at Mr. Dandy DM on TikTok and on all the other socials. Annie. Hello, I'm Annie. I'm playing Rid, Gaslight, Gatekeep, Ghoul Boss. You can find me on TikTok at Cantrip, C A N N E. All right, and finally, we have Sin. What up? My name is Sin. And I will be playing Zue, collector of chronicles, aspiring to herald the histories of Fendrea. And you can find me on most of my socials as sensationally.me, that is C-I-N instead of S-E-N. Last time we met, our adventuring group of individuals that were sort of joined together out of pure potential alone and interest, journeyed to Los Diablos within Fendrea, to retrieve an individual known as Chimasora Navine. This individual came willingly with you. You decided to fly him back to Yggdrasil, the manor of Sir Ilianas Thorell, who is a archmage high sort of like ranking member within the Arcanum. Upon arriving at his home, there was a bit of questioning, a bit of back and forth that happened that sort of revealed that whatever Chimasora did seemed to have been a bit uh, a bit intense, as it, of course it laid waste and destruction to the entirety of his home plane of existence, Arborea. The Arcanum is looking to not have him and his concord, these mysterious group of other individuals that make up his group, bring those great wastes to Fendrea, as it could potentially be incredibly destructive, harmful. With that said, there was a reveal out of pure necessity, it seemed, from Kaimasora that the rest of his concord, or at least some aspects of the concord, they could be possibly hiding in the center, it seems, of the Ironwood Grove. This mysterious, lush, green forest jungle of sorts, dividing one portion of Fendrea from Los Diablos. You all decided to venture there. With much excitement from Elinas, as he was thrilled that you would be sort of taking this on for the protection of Fendrea, for the act of pure responsibility alone. We basically pick up at the edge of the forest, as you all, through fives, transport via plants. You guys arrive. And for you, Rowan, the last thing that you remember seeing was just as the, the sort of this opening through the tree out into the Ironwood Grove, the last thing you remember seeing was Ilionas there in his sort of very excited and eager look and demeanor to him. And just as that opening was beginning to close, his face became very serious, turned the other way, and headed back to his mansion. And that is where we pick up as you all emerge on the edge of the Ironwood Grove. So at this point, what do you all wish to do? So, Zue, you know Ilionas a little bit better than the rest of us. When he says, look into something, what exactly does he mean we're just supposed to wander around this forest until something comes up? Or, what are we doing here? Um, Ilionas tends to be someone who believes that you'll know it when you see it. But I do believe, with what Kaimasora has shared with us, that we are going to be finding some other like-minded individuals that work with him. Alright. 
I don't want to make assumptions, but they might be tieflings. I was under the assumption that the grove was untouched. At least that's what I've been told in all the stories I've heard growing up. Knowing that they're here is a little unsettling, but if the stories are true, five might not be a bad place for you and your forged. Untapped grove of wonder? Close to nature? That is a very good point, Rowan. Believe it or not, I had not considered that. I will say that if Kaimasura and his people are responsible for bringing some form of waste and ruin to areas that are full of life, I don't believe that would fall within Segojan's principles, and it might be within my purview to make sure that those people wither and waste instead. <gasps> can you do that? In a manner of speaking, I mean, I think we can do that. What is that? Five goes into some explanation of Segojan Earthcaller. He is a gnome earth deity that specifically deals with not only the things that grow out of the earth, but things that go and are present beneath the earth as well. Five is very open that he does not personally worship Segojan, as it is a gnome deity. The principles that were, that are sort of found within worship of Segojan was something that was imparted to Five by his gnome master creator, Rosie Springbraid. She was the also the one that gifted me this, and he holds up the sickle. Well, it's in our best interest then to get them out of the grove so they don't taint any more of the land there. That is actually a question that I have. Are we going in there to exterminate and rid the land present of this blight? Or are we instead focused on removal? Five thinks for a second as he's somehow lost the word that he's looking for, but forced exile. He directs it at Zue because he knows that Zue probably has the best uh, relationship with Ilyanas, probably knows him best. Well, given that I'm technically still in charge, you see Zue like push her glasses up and flip back into the notes of the past couple of days. I would say, based on what we've seen of Kaimasora, we should probably scout first to find them, evaluate what they can do, and then based on our skill sets, see if we can capture them or find a way to contact Ilyanos. Now, evaluate them as in watch them, or evaluate them as in speak with them? I don't see why we couldn't do both. Mostly because I don't want the carriage again. Why not? At the mention, at the very mention of the carriage, the the organic parts of five shrivel ever so slightly. <laughs> I I put my hand up on on five's elbow, I guess, at that point, because he's so much taller than me. Don't worry, my friend, we're not going on the carriage. Thank you. Red, I meant more because my notes got messed up, but I did like how close we are. That's probably the closest we've ever been. Like like physically sitting next to each other? Yes. Got it. <laughs> and as much as a purple person can blush, Rid is blushing just a little. I lean more toward watching than talking. You don't know how hostile these people are. If they're capable of what Kaimasora was capable of, it's best we be on our guard. You mean spontaneously bursting things into flames? Yeah, that's not something I want to undergo, Five. 
Also, we all look pretty flammable. Sadly. At least from what I'm getting from the rest of you. If, if we are to engage in more subtlety, I do have a, a spell that might assist us with this. Thank God, you know how rattly I can be. Is it invisibility because you, uh... Rid raises her eyes up to the big metal plant man. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the most subtle. This is this is very true. It is a spell that would allow us to move relatively unseen, not invisible, but with a great deal more subtlety than we might manage without it. Okay, do it. <laughs> it just gives a big like why haven't you done it already shrug five uh, has like this momentary like trying to process sarcasm for a moment <laughs> and then he takes out his uh, sickle and he like sweeps it above everybody's head and he will cast pass without a trace what's the duration of pass without a trace Andy concentration it lasts for one hour if, if we do get caught, um, I, I have a backup, but I, I need you guys to not freak out if the backup happens. And she holds up a really awkward thumbs up. That might be a little difficult, not knowing what that is. That sounded incredibly ominous. I refuse to pre-promise an emotional reaction based off of unfinished information. I got you, Zue. I like ominous. <laughs> <laughs> See, this this is why Rid is the, the the main heroine of my adventure book. I'm the main heroine? Oh, so we're just side characters. I see how it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You have a giant metal plant, man. I'm just purple. Why am I the main character of your novel? Well, because you were the first person to show me that sometimes people are just purple. Five sounds like th there's other tall tree people out there. I've never met a purple human before. Thank you. I appreciate that. The nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Five blinks at this moment that's taking place in this time just to catalog this this scene. So does Rid. <laughs> <laughs> so you see Zue start flipping back to earlier pages in her book. And she's gonna, like, flip it so it faces Rowan and Five and Rid, but not so much to Rid because she knows that Rid trusts her. And you see, like, this very, like, messily drawn diagram. Um, well, I have, like, this this magical thing that I learned while working with Elianos that lets me, um, change the way that I look sometimes. But I will have to jump into a bush or something because I don't like to cast magic in front of people. Plus, the components are kind of messy. And I don't like when people see that my clothes are dirty. Makes total sense, Zue. Thank you. The, the plan is I can maybe make myself look like Kaimasora and pretend that you guys are my prisoners if we get caught. Now I'm listening. This is an excellent plan. It seemed like he knew who the Arcanum was. So we could just pretend that you're all part of the Arcanum and I caught you. If you think it'll work. It's a nice backup, at least. Yes. Five's magic is really amazing, though. I've been I've been taking notes on it. Is it the, the, the weapon that gives you your magic ability, or is it you? Because you seem really magical, too. 
five gives a, a dexterous flourish uh, with his sickle, and certain aspects of my magic reside within the weapon. Fascinating. Rid turns to Rowan. Do you do magic? Sometimes. It's a little less flashy. Salune gives me some, uh, she makes me capable. Okay, do something. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll say that throughout this conversation, you guys enter the grove. You guys pass through some of the trees, very clustered, almost like moshed together, but it's beautiful. Untouched leaves. It, it essentially just looks like fireflies, but even in the daytime, the cluster of trees creates enough shadow in here that you're still able to make them out. Sure enough, since you guys came at it from a weird angle, not the sort of the natural pathway that leads into the official entrance of the grove, over time, you do find what looks like a path. This is the area where people are sort of meant to walk through if you happen to walk through the grove. And you see that the path extends out and then goes into the green, lush, sort of like fertile ground that leads into the trees. But it seemed like there was a specific reason for why this path is laid out so people don't go from its general sort of like borders, if you will. I I turn away from Rid. All right, you want to see magic? I guess we'll do some magic. I hold up the lantern and I walk up to five and I rest my hand on his bicep, elbow, forearm, whatever I can reach. Elbow. <laughs> five, again, this is untouched ground. And we're going into a situation that I'm unsure of. I want to make sure that you're okay. And someone wants to see some magic. I think it's a perfectly reasonable request. So Salune would like to bless you. And I want to keep you safe. And he takes the lantern and he goes from one shoulder, hovers it over Five's head, the best he can at six fucking nine <laughs> to the other shoulder. And you see a small beam of moonlight grace five's personal bubble. Little flickers of blue stars start wandering about around him. And I will be casting warding bond on five. Five, you have a plus one to AC and saving throws. Resistance to all damage, but also all the damage you take, I take as well. Oh, damn. And for a, a faint second, the moonlight bathes his shoulders and gives him a pale blue outline as it washes down his body, and the stars slowly start to fade. How was that? That's dope as hell. Thank you. And for you five... When you look at Rowan as he is doing this, you can't help but look at his eyes. And his eyes, the pupils themselves, look like a full moon. You can definitely discern that they are different from a pupil, as you can even see, like, texture in the pupil. Every now and then, it's just like a slight blue. You guys walk through the natural form pathway. It honestly seems unlike anything you've actually heard of the Ironwood Grove. It seems like this place was meant to be explored, meant to be walked around. And we've talked about it, but Rowan and Rid, you would know more of like 
people have come to the Ironwood Grove. It's not that it is completely untouched, but what the Ironwood Grove is, is kind of like uh, through rumors and questionable sources, a lot of people have different experiences when they're within the grove. Nobody manages to stay longer than a night. Everybody who comes in here comes in, maybe does a bit of re research, goes and paints a lot of beautiful Fendrian artwork by amazing, talented artists, is all depictions of the Ironwood Grove and the mystery that lies within, right? So it's a lot of a sort of expressionistic art that comes from it. So with that, it sort of creates the, the, the feeling of the unexplored. But it is a beautiful place. The sun shines right through the leaves. The amount of lush life that is within this forest is unlike anything else you've seen. And for you five, you almost question if the rest of this group can see it just as lush as you are. And sure enough, you're all looking at the exact same thing. What is the humidity like in the Ironwood Grove? Slight humidity, nothing too uncomfortable. Every now and then you get a nice sort of like gust of wind that comes through that chills the humidity as it's pressed up against bodies. And to, to your extent, whatever form you feel that that would affect five. Five's organic side, which was like a dark brown because of traveling in Los Diablos, moving through this new environment, this new ecosystem, his organic side goes from a deep, dark, brittle brown to a vibrant green, almost like a yew sapling or almost like a young bamboo texture. It's like you look and it's just now rejuvenated, full of life within five. You guys walk about an hour, two hours. Seems like a straight path that doesn't waver. And you walk and you walk. Rid, make a survival check for me. Oh, fun. Oh, it's an 18. As you're all walking, it's more of who it comes to first. You're all very smart individuals on your own. But Rid, as you're walking, all of a sudden you're like, we have been walking for hours. And not a single ounce of anything has changed. You recognize that bark. You recognize that branch. You recognize that stump. You recognize that rock. It feels now that you're almost like walking through the same space over and over and over again. <sighs> okay, we have passed that stump like 40 times. I feel like I should name it because I've seen it so many times. If one of you is doing magic, can you stop now because you made your point? I don't think any of us are doing magic. Well, then can the person who's doing magic stop, please? Says Rid to like the greater environment. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying we're just going in circles? Circles, an endless straight line, whatever it is, it's the same stump. I think his name is Herman. We have passed Herman like 40 times. Rid is specifically pointing out a singular stump, and the stump's name is Herman. <laughs> Can I cast Fairy Fire on Herman? <laughs> and that way we can sort of determine, without a shadow of a doubt, whether it is the same stump that we've passed, or if it's just <laughs> a very similar looking stump. <laughs> Each object in a 20-foot cube within range is outlined in blue, green, or violet light. 
Any creature in the area when the spell is cast is also outlined in light if it fails a dexterity saving throw. For the duration, objects and affected creatures shed dim light in a 10-foot radius. Herman is not a creature, so I don't, he doesn't need to make a dexterity saving <laughs> throw. <laughs> Unless. What's the DC? What? Um, <laughs> Excuse me? Uh, what? Dex 15. You cast the spell... You just see a stump, just a piece of wood, and just naturally you can see where it's been broken off or cut off with some slight branches, but there's something within that that finds your hand tugged as it makes a connection with a creature. And all of a sudden you see the stump, it begins to glow in this like greenish light. And from the stump, two arms and two legs and almost like a like a weird dog of sorts no face no nothing the stump has these naturally formed wooden arms and wooden legs that walks and stops in the path in front of all of you i look over at rid you just had to name it didn't you it's herman Rid, rid, um, like for the first, like nothing has phased Rid so far. Like the carriage did not phase Rid. Being however many feet in the air did not phase Rid. Rid is thrilled at this stump dog. <laughs> and when it gets into the path, you watch as it turns in the opposite way, and it goes in the way in which you were coming from. It begins to walk, almost like a weird crawl. As you watch the stump in the middle of the forest just walk away from you and go in the path that you came from. Like a child chasing like a party princess, <laughs> it's going to follow the stump. Zue, incredibly fascinated, is also going to follow the stump. No thought. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> just to be clear and for flavoring, the fairy fire alternates in color. And it goes through all of the many different colors of the rainbow, or any possible colors on the spectrum, just sort of illuminating as this little thing just trots off, followed very closely by Rid. <laughs> <laughs> you watch as Zue and Rid take off and just begin following the stump, who, who is moving at a general pace. And Rowan and Five, you, you're kind of standing back as you see them. And in that moment, Rowan and Five, as you're looking, and more because Rid and Zue pick up on it first, Herman turns left and you see a pathway that just forms. Oh. And you watch all of the green ground and moss just separate off to the side. And Herman keeps on walking through. At this point, is Five able to determine that this is a particular kind of beast? Make an intelligence check or make a investigation check. Uh, that is a 15 plus my modifier, so 16. It has to be a creature. It's not a creature you've ever heard or seen. You wouldn't be able to pinpoint with your investigation exactly what it could potentially be. However, it does seem to be sentient, and it does seem to maybe have some, maybe touch of magic to it. As best as I can, like, Herman is keeping a, a steady clip. Like, he's not speeding up just because Rid and uh, Zue are chasing him. No. It's almost like they caught up to Herman, and they're just walking now behind Herman. 
Five is going to run ahead of Rowan a little bit and try and catch up. And the moment he gets close enough with his reach, he's going to sort of reach past Zue and Rid and just gently touch the back of Herman's back. And he's going to cast Beast Bond, or he's going to try to cast Beast Bond. So with Beast Bond, you establish a telepathic link with one beast you touch that is friendly to you or charmed by you. The spell fails if the beast's intelligence is four or higher. Until the spell ends, the link is active while you and the beast are within line of sight of each other. It fails if its intelligence is four or higher? Four or higher. Oh yeah, so it fails. Okay, well we've established one thing. Rid looks at the large hand that has protruded past her. What are you doing to Herman? Uh, nothing. It's just a very smart stump. That's all. I mean, yeah, it grew legs. I don't know if it grew legs. I think it just has legs, Zue. I'm sorry, who's taking notes? Uh, fair. Uh, are we set on the name Herman? Yes. I think it's more of an Edgar, personally. It's Herman. Herman, where are you going? Doesn't seem to really acknowledge you, but I'll say at that point, Five, you did touch its back, right? To even be able to cast a spell, right? I did, and it's both uh, spells are concentration spells, both Fairy Fire and Beast Bond. And the moment I cast Beast Bond, Fairy Fire clicks out. So he's no longer the colors of a rainbow. He's just a stump. But I'll say that the minute that you put your hand on top of Herman, the stump stopped. And the stump just kind of stands with Five's hand on its back, unmoving. Just like an actual stump. Maybe you should let Herman go where he wants to. Five removes his hand. The arms and the legs coil in. And the stump just kind of like rolls slightly. What happened? Did he die? Five broke Herman. You all look at essentially the stump now missing its legs and you hear... From the distance, with long strides, what looks like a deer, made completely out of bark and wood, and stands at the very center of you. So it's almost like you look down at Herman and then look up, and you see these beautiful interconnecting antlers that come up, and they're not symmetrical at all. They are all just pieces of wood that have like one twig that has some leaves on it, and there at the at the very top of, of the left antler, you see what looks like a bit of a twig, basically, with a red leaf. Rowan gives a little stroke of his beard and just says, Incredible. Herman was just a stump with legs. This looks like an actual animal. Just without the fur and skin. Can I roll an insight check on the bark deer? What are you insight checking? To see what their general opinion of this group of people around there, around a, this is hard to explain. Potential offspring? <laughs> Potential offspring? Yeah, there we go. Potential <laughs> offspring. Potential stump spring. 15 plus my insight, which is plus four, so 19. You stare at the deer that through sort of like hollow eyes can tell that it's generally just kind of looking your direction. It is absolutely beautiful to look at. Now that you focus at the deer, 
you see that from where the deer is standing, there are two pathways that lead to the left and to the right. And what you gather from your insight, it doesn't seem like this deer is in a protective stance. It doesn't seem like this deer is in some form of like attack moment. It just seems like this deer is just taking in its surroundings and you happen to be in its surroundings. And every now and then you watch as the deer look down, looks to Rid, looks to Zue, Rowan, back to you five. And then from the back you hear, as two small fawns come behind. They even fumble with their steps, but you watch as the, the, the deer look down and again, these beautiful antlers come down very gracefully touches what looks like the mouth, the snout area to the baby and then walks to the right with the two smaller baby deer following. Now, the baby deer was still made of the same, like, wood and such, right? Yep. Huh. Seeing all of this, Zue is going to crouch down, planted on her feet, with her knees bent and just kind of gently pat the stump that was Herman to see if anything happens. The arms pop up again, but now it's on its back. So now it looks like a turtle that is just on its back. Oh no! <laughs> as the stump begins to sway back and forth. Can I help Herman? You lift Herman, who has a bit of weight to them, flop it back on what looks like it's the right posture, and now walks a little bit sort of like scurried in the same path as the deer. Oh, thank God. Herman, are, are you okay? The stump is basically just now scurrying a little bit faster in the direction of the deer. Doesn't seem to acknowledge you that much. I'm not waiting. And I just start walking, speed walking and riding. Oh, God. Okay, but what if it, the left path, we didn't weigh any options. Herman says the right path. It's the right path. It follows you. <sighs> okay. So you all venture now, you follow right. As at this point now, even from when you turn left from Herman's direction and then now turn right in the pathways, now you begin to see that the forest now has a bit of difference to it. Now there are different stumps. There is different live here. You look up and you see what looks like two birds on a branch that are actual birds singing and humming to themselves. And that lets you know that like, okay, well, maybe maybe perhaps we're getting somewhere. Now I'm starting to see things that I wasn't picking up on before. Every now and then you swear that you feel something for your peripheral just move slightly. Passive perceptions from everybody? 17. 13. 16. 11. Everybody except for Zue, and I'll say five, you're the first one to pick up on it. As you're walking, following this deer who its babies are weaving in and out of its legs in a very joyful, playful manner, it has so much life. And then the stump following behind, you swear in that moment, five, you feel one of the trees move and almost like rotate as its branches now turn almost like a 180 fashion as the entire tree seems to just be moving. And then at that point, Rowan and Rid, you hear it too because you've been sensing the entire time that there's been motion around you, but you don't know if it's all the trees passing by you or if maybe it's just your mind playing tricks on you, but you notice this tree just... And then you pick up on another one ahead of you that is now bending and the entire tree bends in a very unnatural form. 
it's almost like rubber and the entire tree, the head of it comes down to the path in front of the deer and the deer stops. Rowan will place a hand on his hilt leading down to the lantern. Just think to himself, tell me what you can find. I'm going to cast Detect Magic. So a 30-foot radius around myself, sensing if there's any magic and what school it happens to be. For you, Rowan, you said 30 feet? Yes, 30-foot radius centered around myself. I figured just as we're walking, I can have it up for 10 minutes. The minute you cast it, on a nearby tree, familiar owl perches down. And the owl just kind of looks to the tree blocking the path. And then just in that second looks to you and your eyes connect and you feel an instant surge of abjuration. Magic that means to block, banish, and protect. But the protecting aspect is what you get the most out of it. Interesting. As you feel all around you, almost like the flame of your lantern, you feel a warmth in your chest Every time your eyes meet one of the trees, Herman, the deer, its babes, you just immediately just feel all the magic around you is meant to protect. As we're strolling through and everyone begins noticing one by one the trees, and as Zue picks up on the bending tree ahead of us, I say out loud, they're meant to protect what I don't know but I feel like they're not leading us to harm does five recognize the owl five you would have you would know about the owl quite a bit okay then I'll say just then for added flavor as far as like rid and zue just describe the owl one more time for me is a pure white almost glowing a light blue mist off of it a pure white great horned owl with the very long eyebrow horns and everything with eyes that are again that pale wispy blue there's no irises or anything it's almost like smoke is coming out of the the eye sockets so yes five you you definitely recognize this owl do i recognize that this is an owl that appears when rowan does something specific or is it just something that's always there I'll say because of the time you spent with Rowan, which hasn't been much, but it has been some time. It tends to be a bit of both. The owl pops up sometimes when Rowan does a bit of this magic, but then also it it almost seems like wherever town you go to, you maybe walk out on your own and sure enough, there's the owl right there perched up on a tree. Do I know the owl's name? I feel like I would have told you that it is a representation of Sulune in a physical form. So you're all standing there now as the deer stops, turns around, and now faces you with just what looks like a tree that has blocked the road. And the deer just stares at all of you. Even Herman, you hear the slight as the bottom part of its behind sort of hit the ground in a sitting motion. Rid turns and looks at five. Do you want to put your hand on it again? He fell over when you did that the first time. Hmm. No. Well, I am interested in the owl. 
Usually it only shows up whenever Rowan is doing something. Rowan, what is your... What is the owl telling you? These creatures are here to protect either the grove or something in particular. I don't know what. Is there any way to tell them that we're not a threat? That we're not here to disrupt anything? I feel like they've already discerned that, or they wouldn't have let us follow this far. Well, that's a good point. Could I try something? Yeah. Please. I'm going to pull out a small piece of copper wire, and I'm going to walk towards Herman, and I'm going to put my hand out to see if he'll take it first. Just for the hell of it, make an animal handling check. Dear God. (laughs) Sixteen? You find there's, like, really no way of seeing where... Herman's eyes would be to be able to find that moment of comfort in the connection you have with a pet per se you stand out of your hand and for like a brief second Herman is not moving no he's just kind of like perfectly still in a sitting fashion and then it just kind of like tilt and places its very small wooden arm on the palm of your hand As soon as Herman does so, I am going to take the piece of copper wire and wrap it around my pinky, and I'm going to cast Detect Thoughts. The moment that Herman's wooden arm touches you, you hear an array of wind noises, the natural sound of wood creaking. You just hear a lot of nature-based sounds, even like birds singing as they're fluttering by. But you make out from that as all of these noises sort of begin to like come at you faster and faster, the noises now sort of combine to add texture to what sounds like a voice. And it's all comprised of the deepness of the trees barking, the swiftness and and fragility of the wind. To the tree must take get to safely many leaves fallen do we have to find a different path or this path with the tree that's blocking us blocked is the path path is blocked why why is path blocked we don't don't know path the path is blocked now it's a thing where Herman is kind of like repeating this over and over again, and you gather that it seems like Herman is trying to figure out why the path could be blocked. Can I try and shift the focus then to the tree? Within the distance, you sort of like narrow in on the tree, and you guys watch as Zuik, her attention shifts from Herman over to the tree that is still just unnaturally bent, blocking the path. Again, now a much deeper, more ancient sound. Wind passing by at an an alarming speed. The creaking of wood that has so much texture in years. You feel it. You almost, for a brief second, almost like smell the freshness of what it is to be at the grove. And you hear... Purpose. 
this? Zue's asking all these out loud. You don't hear anything, but the deer looks to you and goes, just nods its head slightly. I turn really quickly to everyone else. Um, so I'll fill you in on what Herman said, but the tree wants to know why we're going this way and what our purpose is. Well, I think you of all people are one to speak on that. I mean, I feel like we all came here for different reasons, so I didn't want to speak for everyone unless we had one answer that we could give together. I'm not quite sure what the tree wants. I, I mean, for the betterment of Fendrea, right? I feel like that's a pretty safe answer. Make a persuasion check for me, Red. With advantage. My best skill. <laughs> uh, it's an 11 with advantage, sadly. The deer cocks its head to you. Herman, the stump, shifts its body in your direction. And then five, you immediately hear from behind you. Well, then that's all we need. As a body shoots out, embedded into the actual stump, a humanoid figure comprised of tree, bark, and stump. And you see what looks like a shifted face comprised of two little small eyes a mouth of sorts that seems to be kind of detached from the central portion, two arms that come out in a wooden tree branch fashion, and then a sort of head or hair that is still just trunk, but comes up to give it some form of like design that you can make out where it, all of its portions are and stands behind you as it says that standing at the grove. And it looks to you, Rid. Do you speak truly? Do all of you? share in this goal. That is why we're here. It looks to you five and walks. Very unnatural sort of way that it's moving. Doesn't seem to be a creature that maybe is on his feet too much, but it still manages to get across. And as it arrives, it extends its hand that is just fingers of sorts, but just branches that still come out to even smaller and more sort of like prominent little twigs and such. And it doesn't place its hand on your chest, but places it close. Do you believe that? Five extends his hand to meet this creature's. As he does this, the moment that their quote-unquote fingers touch, he casts Druidcraft, which instantly makes flowers blossom off of the surface of Five's fingertips, but also the appendage that this creature has. Without using words, Five is basically saying that this is true, and this is sort of his way of showing a kindness or blessing. You make these flowers blossom and bloom, and the creature still interlocked sort of fingers with you, then looks to you and goes, very well as a bird perches itself on your shoulder. Follow me. And you watch as the tree <laughs> come back up again. And the deer and the two sort of babies keep running now. Herman gets up as this creature now stands there. And you watch as the creature extend his hand out towards the tree where it came from. Doesn't even break, but just kind of like naturally pulls what looks like a small cane and begins to walk. 
And now that you can sort of focus as the tree has moved out of the way, you see a cluster of trees directly ahead of you where the pathway sort of seems to stop. But it is a good couple of feet away from you. Five, just to sort of like an increase uh, of good faith and gesture towards the this creature, this humanoid tree creature. He is going to go into a wild shape form and take the form of what can best be described as a metallic deer. It's like Optimus Prime. He just sort of transforms into a uh, into a metallic deer. And walks in step with the bark deer. As you come closer to this creature, the creature looks to you and raises a hand, almost as if asking if it can use your back for support. Yeah. Places his hand on your back, and now with the cane sort of begins to find its footing a little bit better and walks forward. Zoe is likely going to be at the back writing all of this down. But I'm also going to lean towards Rowan. You didn't tell me he could do that. I couldn't tell you he could do that. I, I thought you were friends. We are. I've never seen him do that before. Huh. Okay. And as I see him go into this dear form, I just shake my head and start walking forward. Raid has also been watching the, the two weird deer and um, tries to find a place between equidistant from Five and Rowan and Zue, and just kind of mumbles to herself, behave yourself, before she starts walking. As you guys now continue moving forward, you see the pathway, which was sort of like a very impacted sort of like dirt road, if you will, with the greenery of the forest that came on its edges. Now you begin to see on the floor that there are leaves. And there's one, there's two, there's a brown leaf that has a bit of a crunch to it as you step on it. There is now more and more leaves begin to become a little bit more present to you. As you get closer now to this cluster of trees, as you get closer, the entire pathway is covered in leaves. And you can't even see the path anymore. As the deer stop and look back, We've arrived. If what you say is true, then I have led you to the right place. Fendrea is connected through life itself. It is a beating heart that all of us are entwined with. There is a darkness on this world. I have felt it. I hope you can save us from what lies ahead. You watch as the deer sort of like turn its head towards the creature, this tree-like creature. Perhaps I'm a bit dramatic. There are a lot of mysteries Fendrea has still chosen to not reveal to us. This, however, it's his newest mystery. Arrived but a couple of moons ago. What exactly is it that we need to protect you from? The creature extends his hand towards the cluster of trees and says, The unknown. And you watch as the trees all lift up as you see hands from what looks like treants crash onto the floor. And these trees now 
begin to get up and rise and you see all forms of different trunks, what looks like eyes and noses and all of these ancient creatures rise in unison. The ground begins to shake underneath you as they all stand and begin to shift out of position, bumping into one another, struggling to walk. For the first time, all of you are seeing treants, these ancient, sentient, historical beings. And within a moment, you watch as they all sort of disperse, and there, past the leaves that were covering the path, you see the path continue into what looks like an autumn forest. No green in this portion of the forest. It looks like a smaller grove. What looks like perhaps could be a center of sorts. And you see there orange, red trees, all just living in a beautiful array of natural colors. The creature looks to you all and says, that ahead is the unknown. The grove has never seen anything like it. For the betterment of Fendrea, I agree. We all look to Fendrea as a home. Now, when you look up, treants rising high above the ground, looking down at all of you. There's like 10, 20 maybe all around you. Looking up and astonishment just one by one by one home is not something I want to disrupt do you know what lies down there is it decay is it beings or just uncharted parts of the grove as you ask that Rowan this creature looks to you and just as it goes to speak it catches Zue they tried looking but we didn't believe their intention. The Arcanum. If that's what they call themselves. Brandishing that and points to the symbol that you now see on Zue. We didn't believe their hearts were true enough to help us with this unknown. But perhaps you, and now looks directly at you, Rowan. You can answer some questions as to why in the presence of life can there be so much death? It's a balance. Life and death. Just like day and night. Light and dark. You can't have one without the other. It's inevitable. We don't want to die. And we'll do everything in our power to make sure that we keep you, your creatures, your family safe. But it does come for us all. At the mention of life and death being a balance, Rid visibly shifts uncomfortably. The creature looks to you, Rowan, and says, This is true. But what lies ahead and turns, and now you just feel a cold, chilling air pass through you that sends slight shivers down your spine, and the leaves rustle onto the floor. That is an unknown form of life. The creature now turns and begins to make their way back, the pathway in which you came from. The deer turns and journeys into the forest. 
and the stump, Herman, and it becomes a, a stump again. It just sort of like rolls onto the floor. But the treants, they remain, opening this pathway for you all. You said unknown life? I'll say as this individual is walking away, it just kind of turns to you and goes, that is correct. I do not find its connection to me and just walks away. I'm going to close my book and start pacing towards this unknown life. Red lets out a big sigh and is like, would you please let me? Then she takes out her rapier and just starts jogging to catch up with her very <laughs> eager breath. I look up at five. The grove has spoken, I suppose. Five doesn't say anything. Oh, right. You're a deer. I'm a deer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after you, friend. Five jauntily starts to do the Bambi trot (laughs) uh, towards Zuei and Rit. I'll pull out the shield and unhitch the lantern and follow everyone from the back. You guys now begin to walk past the leaves that are still adorning the entire ground. As you enter now, walking past the treant, you can't help but feel their gaze turn as you guys make your way through the pathway for the first time. And as you stumble inside, you see a clearing that is just covered in leaves. And in the center, you see what looks like a pile of leaves. But a very high pile of leaves. And all around you, you now see shining off of your shield, your armor, anything. Even the the light beaming off your eyes. It is that autumn-like color of oranges and browns and slight greens and reds from all of the trees around you. Not a single vibrant green tree was here. And as you all step through into the clearing, the treants, they sort of like shift again, kind of hurriedly. And they sit, shakes the ground as you all sort of like tremble for a second. And before you know it, within a couple of minutes, the trees are still and quiet. And a breeze passes through. It picks up leaves. And there in the center of this mountain of leaves you see the very top of it some of the leaves fly off and you see a branch slightly sticking out does this look like it's normal for it or does it look kind of sick make a nature check for me how's a three with a nat one do ya you wouldn't be able to tell what's hard about it is that Even in such a contrast from the rest of the grove, this part of it still seems very much alive. There is a good amount of beautiful color and texture and feel to all of the leaves and the trunks, but it is a bit concerning to see so many leaves on the floor or on the ground. Rid turns to five. It's nature. That's you, right? That's your whole thing. Is Rid gesturing at the the discoloration and the random branch sticking out? Just the, the, the leaf mountain with the branch sticking out. Hearing Rid address him, Five 
suddenly begins to transform and revert back to his normal state. As my background uh, as gardener, I have advantage on any investigation checks regarding plants. So it is a, so it would be a nature check. So 19 plus four, that is 23. Five uh, reverts back to his normal state. Here's what Rid is saying to him. Sort of nods in recognition. Also, he has this super proud moment of just the idea that she realizes that nature is his thing. And he's just like, oh, I feel seen. And he, uh, he starts to sort of circumnavigate the, uh, the leaf pile. But he's giving very close attention to this sort of ominous branch that's sticking out of the center of it. And as you look at it, Five, you carefully begin to sort of like see all of the connections between what life really is, this nature, this naturally blossoming gift. As you're looking at that, for a brief second, it feels almost like not necessarily that time stops, but that you're able to fine tune and look into something so precisely as a leaf begins to fall in front of you. And what you can see is it's like a orange leaf. And five, as you look at this leaf, which kind of looks a bit almost like a maple leaf, the orange on it is a vibrant, beautiful color. But you know when you can look at a leaf and you can see what looks almost like essentially it's veins, all of the interconnecting underlying details? Yes. You see at the center of it what looks like a black rotting decay that is trying to outreach. And the orange, almost like fire burning a paper, burns it away. So as I'm looking at the leaf, the midrib and the petiole of the leaf are almost like decayed. It's like it's trying to decay, but the leaf is not letting it. It's trying to expand outward, but the orange burns it away. The color of it burns it away, which in that moment you would decipher based on your nature check is that it looks like there is an outside force that is looking to decay and maybe bring to death this part of nature. But clicking with what Rowan said earlier, whatever protection is on it is not letting it, but it is a constant struggle. Five recognizes that there is a, a force at work that is present in the nature around them, and especially within the xylem and phloem of the leaves. And he just sort of announces that to the group. There is a force at work that is trying to assert itself upon the nature around us, trying to decay and burn away. The magic of this forest is fighting against it, but it is a constant struggle. I... I really hope that we can help. I really hope that this is not something that is beyond us. As you all are standing there, this gust of wind, chilling, like the same one that you felt, Rowan, now begins to pick up the leaves. And now they're picking up the leaves from the ground beneath you. Then I'll begin to swirl, and just sort of like whirlwind away to reveal what looks like a skeleton foot. They're maybe about 10, 15 feet away from you. Rid looks at Zue. 
Do not touch it with your hand. How big is the skeleton? You really can't see. You can only just see what looks like the bones that are cracked that make up maybe the calf. Mm. And the foot that is just at an unnatural sort of angle. This looks like the leaves have just completely covered whatever was here. And you don't know how deep the ground goes the more you move forward. I would like to do a investigation on the ground around us to see if there's anything more underneath the leaf bed. Specifically looking for additional corpses. Can I help him if I'm proficient in investigation? That that gives you advantage, right? Yeah, advantage, yeah. For a five. Oh, that is a 16, so 17. Now that you sort of are focusing on it so much, with Rich sort of scanning different portions of the ground that you're not looking at, U5C emerging from some of the leaves, but still covered what looked like fingers, skeletal fingers, as you see another one in front of it. So if you're all standing at the edge of this clearing, there's one body potentially in front of you, and there is another one, maybe another 30 or 40 feet, because you see essentially what looks like a hand that you mistook for a twig that is poking out, but you now can see it clearly. It's a skeletal hand. I point this out to Rowan and to Zue. I already get the sense that Rid has already spotted it as well. An unknown form of life, says Rid just to herself. Then at that point you hear Rid. Oh, unknown? You haven't even looked. It could have perhaps some juices I don't know, some marrow that we might be able to pluck from it? You don't know this. Not until you look. Rid is going to start to clear away the leaves on one of the corpses with an an invisible mage hand, so it just looks like they're kind of clearing themselves. Sure enough, Rid, over time you see what looks like a longer bone perhaps of the thigh that leads into the hip bone, bits of fabric that are now just tattered, torn asunder all around this individual that just looks like a scorched mark around it. And there, at the end of it, you just see what looks essentially like a skeleton that is reaching out with its just head cocked on the floor, legs sort of like turned, broken, one arm just in an unnatural fashion, and what looks like two preserved horns that come up in a very elegant fashion. When Rid sees that, she'll direct her attention to the other corpse and start clearing that one away, too, with a feeling she knows what she's going to find. You brush away the other one, and sure enough, a similar body turned over, skeleton now remains, and two horns clutching something in its hand. Rid will maneuver her invisible mage hand to pick it up. Hear the bone crack as you pick up what looks like a small golden palm size familiar image of the symbol of the Arcanum. You bring it towards you and you see it that it is just covered in dirt but there it is, the eye with the beams shooting from it. Almost like a metal. It's engraved and bossed. It has a lot of beautiful texture and touch and feel to it. Rid holds it up to Zue 
Do you know what this is? Do I recognize it as anything specific? Give me a uh, history check with advantage. As you're looking at something that you're familiar with, you're just trying to now discover exactly where you've seen it from. 23. You know, of course, that it is the symbol of the Arcanum. You know as well that different levels of stature within the Arcanum bear different symbols. The symbol that you generally carry is kind of like a, for lack of better words, kind of like a generic symbol of the Arcanum. However, if bestowed upon people, it is a pretty great sort of like title to have. The one you're looking at is one of like, you've heard Ilianas kind of talk about it. Maybe not somebody in charge, but somebody like patrol, some type of like on the ground troop, if you will. You can't really remember the name, but it definitely is of somebody low ranking that is sent out to the field when it is an actual task on behalf of the Arcanum. They're generally for members that are part of the Arcanum, but also kind of disposable, like a scout or a foot soldier, someone basically just to kind of patrol and explore. And I guess they took a wrong turn. Disposable, repeats Rid as she looks down at the corpse with his outstretched hand. And you see it, Rid, you recognize just from the structure, even just in general from the time you spent in Los Diablos and Fendrea, these are tiefling skeletons. Rid looks around at the group. So we have a force that wants this forest to die a force that wants this forest to live, and tieflings with an Arcanum symbol. Wind starts to pick up as you're talking now. The Arcanum? So you have been here. But why the tiefling interaction? Why would they have one of your pins? To be fair, I'm not technically a part of the Arcanum. It's news to me that someone was here before, too. Are we disposable? No. You're the main character of my book, Red. Wind picks up as you're still having this conversation. Now the leaves begin to be brushed away from the skeleton, so you now see very clearly that they're both reaching towards the pile of leaves in the center. You don't even have time to even narrow it down as you now look around and you see that all of the leaves from the ground have been picked up and begin to now rotate within this clearing like a whirlwind now, where it's just picking up and you now notice it as the leaves are hitting you across the face. Try to look and, and focus as the leaves now from the center of this pile begin to come undone and they begin to separate from the mound. Faster and faster and faster as the leaves are now picked up all around you. The sky, what used to be the sunny, beautiful day, all of a sudden turns into an orange sky and you hear the sound of breath, the sound of like something standing just right behind you. I need you guys to make a wisdom saving throw for me. Oh, Jesus. God damn it. As the mound of leaves in the center <sighs> unveils, and you see there in a small sort of portion of land what looks like wet ground around it, even though there is no water source around, there is this unnaturally formed tree trunk that is brown and gray and slightly decaying that branches out at a almost like a 45-degree angle that is just twisting and gnarled within itself and it begins to be revealed. Kind of 19, 21. An eight. A one. Rowan and five, you guys are standing there, 
just sort of looking at this tree trunk that is just revealed and it, it the white ash on it almost glows and it looks like a beacon of sorts. And then what catches your eye is Zue. You begin to walk towards it. And Rid, you hear, Our cries have gone unnoticed for so long. For who do we turn to if not the ones gazing upon our decay? And you feel this instinctive pull to it as you begin to now get closer and closer. And the voices sound familiar and friendly and inviting and warm. You want to reach out as you watch now. Five and Rowan, Rid and Zue are within feet away from the tree. I grab Rid. You grab her. Five, make a strength check. And then Rid, contest that for me. I got a 15. You got a 15? I got a 15. What does that mean? What's your strength mod? Negative one. Okay, I have a, I'm a zero. <sighs> wow. Five, you reach out and you grab Rid. Rid, all of a sudden you feel you're being tugged and pulled, but you still hear the voices. But as you're being pulled now, you hear them louder. We grow hungry. We grow tired. We cannot bear all this sadness. Come to us, God, now. Rowan, you watch as Zue reaches the tree trunk. And Zue, you raise your hand and you touch the trunk. And Zue vanishes. <sighs> they... They need help. You have to let me go. Why are you, what are you doing? You hear in your head, Rid. <sighs> he cannot hold you. He cannot keep you. We must go. We have to answer. What lies beyond? I want to know. I need you to make an attack towards five. Oh, no. And now those voices plus the voice in your head are crying to you. <sighs> Please. It's okay. It's a crit fail. Five, you see as Rid extends her hand with a rapier and goes to attack you. You move out of the way. You feel the blade coming with a good amount of force. But you look now at Rid, and Rid's eyes have this like gray, smoky look to them. Not using my sickle at all, but I'm gesturing with it at the leaves and the glowing branches. I'm going to cast... Uh, erupting earth centering it on the tree Rowan while we're doing this can you roll a wisdom saving throw while looking up the stats for an owl please oh, son of a bitch oh. oh my god for you five when you cast that spell you hear all around you voices child of the Validite you hold strong but the ground could not sustain this don't give in to this you must listen. As the trees around you seem to be speaking to you, crying out for help. Not the tree stump in the center. This trunk, this unnatural, gnarled tree trunk. It is the tree around you are begging to you to stop. Rowan, what did you roll? Four. As you're standing there, Rowan, looking, and in that brief second watching us five and the wind and everything still happening, Rid just lashing out as your gaze comes back to the trunk, you see your owl. And as it comes in contact with the tree, it vanishes. Just as the ground around it in a perfect circle cracks and breaks, splintering all over. And this gray smoke begins to emit from the ground. Rowan fights through the erupting earth and just 
beelines it straight to the tree. No, Rowan. Takes you a second as you're finding your footing. You, Rid, watch as Rowan, fumbling and moving around the, the jagged formations of the ground. And you raise your hand, Rowan, and just as you go to touch the stump, you hear a voice in your head, which you recognize as you've heard time and time again. Be careful, my child. And you vanish with it. Rid looks at Five with desperate, pleading eyes. Zue knows. Rowan knows. Why don't you know? We have to help them. What are you doing? Out of everybody in this group, Five has the least amount of a relationship with Rid. He has just seen somebody who he would probably consider to be his best friend if he knew the extent as to what a best friend actually is in this world. He just saw them disappear in front of his face. He saw somebody who he was found to be like charming. They're really, they're really nice. He saw them disappear. Now he has in his hand, like holding them back, a person who he's very unsure about and suddenly is just like has their arm and he's going to try and take them in the opposite direction away from the voices, away from the the glowing fucking tree. Both of you give me a strength check for you, five, and then strength saving throw for you, Rid. <laughs> That's a, a one. Uh, so a zero is what I got. I got a six. You're pulling now more and more. And Rid, as you're stepping further and further, you hear in your head, No! <laughs> No, we have to go! We have to! Let me go! Let me! Instead of you! I, I will try! In that moment, Rid, your wrist breaks. Oh, oh what? Fuck. Five, make an acrobatics check for me. That is a five on my acrobatics check. Your fingers, your bones, all of them mushed together as you forced your hand without your control out of his grasp. And you hear, now go. Go, please. Rid, do it. Do we have to know? Oh, fuck. I cast hold person. Then give me another wisdom throw for me, Red. That is a natural 20. Five, out of desperation, you now look faster and faster the wind and the leaves are spinning around you as your hand is now empty, holding out to Rid. And you let go of that bit of magic that you're able to just keep her, even though you have no true connection yet to her. You want to, you want to have her, you want to keep her there. And in that moment, Rid, you look and the tree shines in front of you. You run faster and faster as five. You feel almost the leaves stop, like a hand trying to reach for Rid. And Rid extends her hand and touches it. And for today, that's a wrap. Oh my god! No! Of all the times to get a nat twenty. <laughs> that that was great. Oh. Thank you so much for listening. Catch us in two weeks, and remember, the Arcanum is always watching. <laughs>